live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a news flash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Cheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. <laughs> I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here with my awesome guests and my Kelly today. Hey, Kelly. Hey, how are ya? <laughs> I'm good. It's a, it's a stressful show today. Ah, uh, yes. A little bit, a little bit. We're going to, we're going to figure out how to get rid of our stress. Awesome. But, I, but we, but we have to create stress before we can get rid of it. Like, oh. like people are, are calling me right now. Like, why, why are you calling me right now when you know I'm supposed to be doing a radio show? So anyway, th- th- you know, it, that's the fun stuff that happens when you're, um, when you're on live radio. Like right now, the, uh, the FedEx guy is pulling up, so my dogs are going to start barking because that's what <laughs> happens when you have dogs in your radio studio. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and here's the thing. That's the funny thing about this show and what I love about our guests and the topic today. I think we allow the little things to stress us out too much. I agree. You know what why I mean? Why do we do that? Yeah, why do we do why that? Why do we do yeah, it's crazy. Like, um, if I if I wanted to paint this picture of this absolutely perfect scenario that I'm sitting in this like million dollar studio doing this radio show, which okay, let's all imagine that I am, and we're gonna manifest that shit right now. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But but if I wanted to paint this perfect picture of what my job and my life looks like, then I would focus on every single mistake that is blemishing that vision and that's what's going to make me act like a freak or you know make me embarrassed and then embarrassment makes me defensive and you know this is uh, we're going to talk more about this in the last segment of the show but I've been reading a lot about parenting fails online and I'm noticing that when I post parenting fails online I don't get a tremendous response from Parent Nation. I get a certain group of people who will come on who are pretty much aligned with my belief systems, who will come on and nod their heads in agreement and say, yes, you know, that you're, you're, you're spot on. But the people who don't agree with me typically won't come on and say, I disagree with you and here's why. And I think I know why that is, Kelly. Why is that? Because, I, because I think that by doing so they would believe that they're admitting that they make the same types of mistakes. Mm. Right. So it's, let's face it. I mean, when 80% of the United States population admits to using corporal punishment, we're going to have to assume that only 20% of parents today never, ever, ever lay a hand on their kid. That's not a big number. So we get it. All right. We get that people use corporal punishment. And I think that a lot of people believe that I am 
100% um, adamantly opposed to ever laying a hand on your kid. And I want to put this out there right now. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. I understand that, you know, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you guys a really crazy story that my husband is probably going to yell at me for telling you, but my, my youngest son has a fire fetish. No, no, no. He had a fire fetish when he was younger. He's the one with Asperger's, right? Okay. Anything to do with fires, he was obsessed with. So we were, um, we were treating our home because we were flooded a lot. So we were treating our, the base of our home. Um, so we had to dig a trench all the way around our home. And then we would, we put this tar stuff on the walls. We were water treating it. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, during that time that we were doing that, we watched, um, we watched the movie with Nicolas Cage. What is it? National treasure. Yes. And at the end of national treasure, he walks into the secret room and he puts a torch on this basin and yes. the whole basin lights up. Mm -hmm. So the cool. Oil lights up the whole room. So cool. Right. So if you're a kid who loves fire mm. and you love this movie and you now have a trench around your entire home, mm -hmm. what do you think you might try to do? Whoa. I know where this is going. This is going to a bad place. My son decided that he wanted to fill that trench with gasoline mm. <laughs> and light it on fire. Oh my now, now he didn't get to the point where he actually lit it on fire because, thankfully, we all have a sense of smell in my <laughs> home. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we were we were able to stop that catastrophe before it happened. But, and we didn't spank him for that. We didn't. I can tell you, however, that my husband, when he saw what he was doing, did smack the kid upside the head. Uh-huh. And, and he was like, are, are you kidding me? Do you, do you understand what you, what, you were, what you could have done? And then we took him to the fire company, and we had him meet a fireman who had been caught on fire. Oh, right in a home in, in trying to put out a home fire and he had scars and burns and stuff like that on his face and my husband's suggestion was to take him to the hospital to the burn unit at the hospital um i thought he was too young for that so we decided against that mm -hmm. but just so happens that we have someone at our local fire company who you know experienced that could we have spanked him for that hell yes I was that scared and that upset and that concerned that I could have spanked him for that. But you know what, Kelly? Hmm. Having him speak to a person who was on fire made a lot more impact on him. Do you know that that boy never played with a fire after that ever? I bet. And so, yes, did we, did we smack him upside the head to get his attention so he would listen to what we were saying in the moment? Yes, we did. So for me to say never, ever, ever lay your hands on your kid, you know, if your kid's getting ready to run out in the street and you grab their arm and whack their butt, I get it. You want to get their attention so that they're looking at you. They're paying attention to you and all of their attention is on you in that moment because you just snap them into reality. Right. But, but I have to say the stories that I'm reading online are enough to make you lose your lunch. Yes. I'm sorry to our last guest who can't come on because she's losing her lunch right now. But <laughs> Baby, 
baby we know you're listening hope you feel better we know you <laughs> we're sorry that you're not feeling well you know but anyway we're gonna we're gonna make it up to you um but the stories that i'm reading online about these parents i mean the fourth child under four year old four years old in three weeks was just spanked to death people are writing on blogs you can't spank a child to death yes you can Wow. People in Bronx, New York, a man in the Bronx, New York, just spanked a two-year-old to death for soiling her diaper. Now, you probably think that you've heard that story before. Yes, you have, but it's not the same child. Three weeks ago, a soldier at Fort Bliss spanked his two-year-old to death for soiling her diaper. Okay, Parent Nation, this is obscene. It's it, you can't even defend spanking when this kind of thing is happening. That baby didn't die from bruises or internal bleeding like the four year old who wouldn't take a nap. So his dad punched him in the stomach. Actually, it was his uncle. I'm sorry. I apologize. His uncle punched him in the stomach until he caused internal bleeding and killed the kid. But this this two year old went into cardiac arrest. Oh, no. Because, yeah, because the boy friend of the mother used a belt on a two-year-old because she soiled her diaper and put the baby into cardiac arrest and killed her. If this is too hard for you to hear, then you need to understand that this is happening every five seconds in our country. A child is beaten to the point that they suffer wounds and scars. Every five seconds in our country that happens. How can we allow that to continue and defend a practice that condones it. I read a blog yesterday because I was trying to figure out where this was coming from. Kelly, I really want to know where this, where this belief system comes from. And a lot of people use faith to back it up. So I read the blog of a man who is supposedly a very good Christian father, and he was describing how to properly spank your child. Oh, there's, spanking. A, there's a proper way now? Yeah, I guess there's a proper way to do it. And he describes his three-year-old. I believe she was three years old, and she didn't want to eat her vegetables. So he looked at her across the table, and he said, if you don't eat your vegetables, I'm going to spank you. So through tears and probably gagging, this kid ate those vegetables because she knew that the alternative was to get a spanking. So he goes on to describe why his spankings work. He uses a wooden spoon... And he, in his own words, says, and I do it hard mm. because I want them to remember it. Okay, psycho. It's a three-year-old who doesn't want to eat vegetables. Okay, dude, really? How about if every time you didn't want to do something that you loathed or that made you sick to your stomach, somebody hit you hard? That was four times your size using a weapon on your bare skin so that you remember to do it next time. So this is the guy who uses this as a threat for everything. Pick up your toys or you're going to get a spanking. Go to bed without crying or you're going to get a spanking. Eat your vegetables or you're going to get a spanking. This is not proper use of corporal punishment. Not that there is such a thing. I, I just don't understand how people can defend it. So then I read the story about the 14-year-old boy whose dad beat him with a, an extension cord and was just arrested for doing so. The boy is now with his mother, thank God. The reason that 
the boy was beaten with the extension cord was because the boy was sent home from school for not having a parent at parent-teacher conferences. Yeah. What was he teaching the boy? What lesson was he teaching? So now the boy has scars on his face and all this stuff. And I'm reminded of, a, of an interview that I recently did with a woman out of Los Angeles, Mother Love. And she told me that her mother hit her with an extension cord. And I said this, Kelly. I said, your mother may have been a wonderful woman, and I'm sure she was, but she was a bad disciplinarian. And do you know that Mother Love went, no, 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 she wasn't. She was fair, and she taught us lessons. Now, this is a woman who, is, who admitted being hit with an extension cord to the point that she has scars on her body, and she's defending this woman's behavior. So when we go to children and the, as they grow and they say, I was hit and I survived and I deserve those spankings, do you really think that you're okay? Do you really think that you weren't simply brainwashed to believe that you deserved what you got? Right. Right? right. This is the kind of thing that makes me insane. As a, as a parent advocate and as a child advocate, this is the kind of thing that makes me insane. And, and, then, and then the cycle continues. And then the cycle continues. There are parents who realize how they were treated and decide not to do the same thing with their own children. And I applaud them because their children are now growing up and going on and saying, I'm not going to hit my kids at all because of, you know, I didn't need it. And I'm a respectable, respectful person. I have two brilliantly respectful children who do really well in school and eat their vegetables and help out with chores around the house. And I, I, spanked each one of them one time when they were babies and do you know what both times it was out of frustration and anger mm-hmm. there is no way that you can lay your hands or a weapon on your child's body and say that you're not doing it out of anger there's no way and if you can say that then you have psychological problems because a normal person does not do things like that right. when they're calm so I was once an advocate for parent the way you want and and you're doing the best that you can. I am no longer that advocate. Mm. Um, I don't believe that we can handle the use of corporal punishment. I don't believe that the people that are advocating for it have a strong enough argument to use it other than I don't know what else to do. And if you don't know what else to do, but you sit there and you say that experts suck then you clearly aren't doing enough to learn what else to do because you put your, you take your kids to an expert for anything else in the world to teach them how to play the piano, to teach them how to play football better, to teach them how to wrestle better, to teach them how to paint better, to teach them how to dance better, to teach them how to cheer better, use experts for everything in the world, except parenting. Parenting experts have a stigma of sucking. And you know why? I think it's because they say the things that you don't want to hear and they tell you to do the things that you think are too hard and that's why you think they suck. So for anybody out there who thinks parenting experts suck, I challenge you to actually listen to one and follow their advice for one month and do what they say for one month and see if it doesn't change your opinion. That's my rant about parenting experts. I can't take it anymore. So... Do you know what the Teal Pumpkin Project is, Kelly? I do. I do. How do you feel about it? 
Um, I think it's strange. Um, Why? Well, it, well, I don't know. It's just... It, I just... I don't know. I feel that it's... Is it new this year? It is. Or has it been around? Yeah, okay. it is new this year. It was actually started by a kid. I guess... Uh, I don't know. I have mixed feelings because if if you have a child that's you don't want them to eat candy or they have allergies or something like that, then you will probably be one of the houses that serve non-candy food items. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not used to it yet. I think it's good. Sure. Yeah, it's... We're, yeah. we're doing a thing here in my community called Trunk or Treat, and that's okay. also new, where you, okay. you park your cars. Everybody yeah. comes together, and they park their cars. So I'm going to put out some teal pumpkins because I got things like Play-Doh and that, that, that goo that makes fart sounds yeah. and, like, little like bendy pencils robots. And and, yeah. Yeah. I think pencils suck. <laughs> I know because if they're not if they're not mechanical, they don't really work. Right, right. Who? No, kids don't. Kids don't want pencils. But so I got fun stuff. I got obnoxious like toy kind of stuff. I got yo-yos, you know, because I have this big wow. Dunkin' yo-yo, and yeah, I got I got like That's... fun toy related stuff. And so I'm gonna do the teal pumpkin, and I'm gonna see how it goes. Because here's the thing, I I think that all kids should be allowed to participate in the holiday if they want to and i would be sad if i were a parent if i had to take my kid door to door and have them like all do trick-or-treaty type stuff and then they couldn't eat anything that was in that bag because it may have been exposed to something that they're allergic to okay so yeah that's kind of why i'm an advocate for the teal pumpkin but a lot of people feel the way you do and i think it all boils down to what you were talking about it's i don't get it so we're going we're gonna to try to help people get it. I think it'll catch on. I think it will, too. I like it. So we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to my first guest, and her name is Linda Wolf, and she has a blog called The Carpool Goddess, and it is funny as hell. She talks about you know tweens and teens and sending kids off to college and how midlife is the best part of your life, and we're going to talk to her when we come back from this break. It takes a village to pay the bills in this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. 
Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. Um, I am really excited to be talking to my first guest, Linda Wolf. She has a blog called carpoolgoddess.com. And uh, she she also has a book out, which I thought was really funny. It's the, the, not your mother's book about parenting or something like that. She's going to tell us. That's why I love it. That, but, it's, but I read parts of it um, online, and it's funny. And her blogs are funny. And she talks about dealing with teens and tweens and sending your kids off to college and all kinds of great stuff that – a lot of us are really just stressing out about, we just stress out about too much stuff. So um, we're going to be talking to her about um, her books and, and her blogs and all that stuff. So Linda, hi, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. I got so like excited about talking. <laughs> I, I was trying to like read your blog, read your bio while I was thinking about you, the blog that I just read from you and I, I lost my train of thought. So... <laughs> <laughs> tell us what. Tell us the title of your book first, because it's funny. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, um, I uh, I have two essays and two anthologies. Um, the first one is called "Not Your Mother's Book on Being a Mom," and it's a collection of hilarious essays. Um, I'm delighted to be in there. Uh, just funny things that that happen along the way in parenthood. Like you you, you can't make this stuff up. And uh, so it, I was thrilled to be in it. And um, my story was about, uh, I, I was dreaming about being a, a Bond girl, you know, because our our um, our lives are so, it's, you know, as a parent, you're, you have a routine, you wake up, you do the same thing every day. And my essay, it was a funny essay about, you know, dreaming about having this adventurous life. And then you wake up and it's, you know, mommy, make me breakfast. So it's, uh, it's a cute story. <laughs> It's a lot like being a Bond girl. <laughs> well, you know. Except the, the, in yoga the, pants the, and with jelly in your hair. Exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> most of what I write is, is kind of tongue-in-cheek. And, you know, it was basically like if you could step on a Lego barefoot, you know, you could do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so story, that's, that's kind story. of the premise of it. <laughs> that's awesome. So your blogs are pretty much um, dealing with like the teen tween years, which yeah. I'm going through right now. I know a lot of Parent Nation is going through. Most of Parent Nation has already been through it. So like, what are you dealing with right now? Well, what I'm dealing with right now, I, I have two kids 
uh, who are kind of pursuing higher education. I've got a junior in college uh, and one that just started law school. So I am a little bit out of the teen years, but but still, you know, very passionate about it. You know, my kids come home to visit over the holidays, and I'm right back into mommy mode, you know, dealing with boundaries and curfews and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, they're really, you know, even when they move out and they're in college, they're, you know, they're, they're still teens, you're still parenting, and you still have a, a lot of the same issues that, to deal with as when they're living under your roof. It's just harder to parent from afar. True story. And, you know, when they get old enough to drink, then forget it, like all bets are off. But I remember oh, yeah. <laughs> going to, right, right. I, my husband and I have been together since high school. So we actually lived at Penn State together. And it was so frustrating to me. Like, talk about pull your hair out moments. Like, his mom would still want to do his laundry, but she wouldn't want oh to do God. my laundry. <laughs> She'd only want to do his laundry. We're living together. Like, we're not going to have separate laundry baskets and what in our separate bedrooms. Like, come on. She, she wasn't she ready was, for that. She wasn't ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> she was totally not ready for that. Totally not ready for that. It was, be- it was awesome, though, because he lived in the dorms for the first year. And we were trying to convince them that living together was the best idea because, you know, logically it would save money and it would make sense because I would be able to oversee his homework. (laughs) Not at all. So they weren't they weren't buying any of it. They were like, bullshit. You just want to shack up together. So when they came to see the dorm, it was beautiful. It was perfect. It was homecoming weekend. So everyone was insane in the dorms. So they came to see the dorms and they had to walk up four flights of stairs because someone had shoved a piano down the elevator shaft. Oh, no. (laughs) And I, I shit you not, it was perfect. And then they went to use the bathroom and someone had apparently vomited chicken soup into the sink and not cleaned it out. Oh, <laughs> this, welcome to so college. they didn't want to touch anything, right? I was like, mm-hmm, still want him to stay in the dorms, huh? Hmm. Okay, oh, my, come yeah. to my clean apartment. <laughs> wow. So it worked like a charm. Remember- it was perfect. I remember the first time I, I went to visit my son, uh, who's the oldest at, for his parent weekend, and... I, I think there was a competition between him and his roommate as to who could avoid taking the trash out. Uh, there, there, it was it was incredible. There were you know pizza boxes and you know soda cans and all kinds of stuff that, that were probably there from you know the day that we dropped them off. And it was, only boys, only boys could live like this. Um, but yeah, you, you see everything when when at that parent weekend. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It's true, right? And they try to make it look so nice. Well, some of them. Like, they try well, to clean did. it up and make it look so Right. The girls do. Yes. My, my daughter <laughs> did. Or, or at least, you know, threw everything in the closet or under the bed. My, my son, you know, not so much the first time. But, um, you know, but it, it's fine. You know, if they're happy, you know, and if they can live in that kind of filth, it's, it's okay. Big, bigger things to deal with, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It shines a perfect light on that whole, you know, should you just close the bedroom door and let them live in their own filth or <laughs> insist that it's cleaned up? And then once they get to college, you're like, hmm, wow, maybe I should have taught them how to clean. Ah, don't think. It yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's when it all that's when it all comes out. But you know what? At some point, you know, we, we joke, you know, now 
both my kids are living in apartments and um, you know half halfway across the country. And if they if they can live with it, that that's that's their problem now. You know, that's I don't I'm not there to nag them about you know picking up their their clothes off the floor or whatever. It's it's whatever they can live with, and eventually I guess they'll they'll be tired of it and clean. Now, were you what you would consider like a helicopter mom, or were you like a free range mom? Like, oh my <laughs> how God. would you judge your parenting style? I would say a helicopter mom, but but not not in in the negative sense where I was, you know, intervening, you know, between them and a teacher, or or really really hovering, or you know, still tying their shoes, but but very very much involved. You know, I was aware. Let's just let's put it that way. I was aware of what was going on. I, you know, I knew who their friends were. You know, I was I was a parent. You know, with, with almost right. almost kind of hovering, but but not no nothing loosey goosey. You know, I was a teenager so you... once. I, I know what goes on. <laughs> 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 exactly. I, I get a lot of people that say, you know, oh, we can't be our kids' friends. I find being my kids' friend actually serves me very well. Well, you know, because think, they tell you everything. Well, I think I think there's there's a, there's a fine line. I think I think a hundred percent. It's so important to be their friend. So important to have you know lines of communication open. But at the same time, they need to know on some level, your you know your parent first and foremost. You know, and that you will be there to help set boundaries and guide and and all that. But you know, I, obviously, if you have a, a great relationship, a great communication with your you know your kids, obviously, you know you've you've figured out you know when they're when they're talking to you, you know you got to be careful not not to quickly judge or blame. You know, so they're they're comfortable sharing, and that's that's a, a, a tough thing, at least for me, because I always want to put my two cents in. So. I have to learn to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> we always want to try to uh, not all to, the time. <laughs> we always want to try to fix everything. It's hard. You, exactly. You, can, you can't. You're not the. You know, nobody can be the perfect parent, but it's so important to listen to them. Even I agree. If you're I agree. Biting your tongue the whole time. Right. I I like to I like to consider it, or I like to look at it like I can be your friend. But I'd, I'd be kind of like your bigger, bossier, smarter friend. But I <laughs> yeah. don't want to be your peer. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get drunk with you, and I'm not going to share clothing with you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to hang out with your friends when you go to hang out with your friends. But when you're at home, we can get along. Like, you can have fun with me. You can joke with me. You can make mistakes around me. You know, you can even say stupid things around me, and then I'm going to correct you just like I would my friend. I mean, I correct Kelly all the time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Poor Kelly. Just kidding. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's almost like, being, you know, you're kind of like that older brother, sister. I mean, so you can, you know, they share, but, you know, you're still, you know, the older and hopefully maybe a little more respected or feared a little bit that they, they listen to you, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Parenting is tricky. I like that idea. It is. It's crazy. So now you're loving, you're loving like midlife, right? You said this is like the best time of your life. Oh my God. I have to tell you, you know, it's like, you know, the twenties, you're kind of figuring yourself out thirties, you know, you, you, you know, you, at each stage, there's some great things that happen, but you know, I just turned the big five Oh in June. I got to tell you, 
I feel great. You know, I, I'm really, uh, you know, and people say this all the time. It's, it's not like we're trying to fool anyone. You know, it's truly, it's <laughs> like, I think these are the years that you actually feel like, oh, you know, comfortable in your own skin. This is, you know, where you were meant to be. You've kind of figured it out. And, you know, you don't, things that you shouldn't care about, you just don't care about anymore. It's, it's just, you feel good. You've let go of the stress. Well, I don't know about that. You know, I'm I'm kind of, you know, a, a hardwired individual. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a warrior. <laughs> I'm a parent. You know, I, I tend to I tend to stress out about things, but, you know, maybe not some of the little things that I, I used to. And also, you know, it's different. I'm, I'm an empty nester now, so um, life is a little bit quieter at home, a little bit more peaceful. You know, I can focus on myself. Yippee! You know, for the first time in... <laughs> many, many years, um, you know, so that's, that's nice too. Now, Linda, are you I'm married? I'm looking forward to it. Am I married? Yes. yes. So I have to focus on my husband too. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys, do you guys find, it. Do you guys find the, that you just sit around and look at each other or do you find things to do? Well, you know, that's a really, that's a really good question. You know, the first, oh my gosh, the first month of being an empty nester, I made dinner plans or social plans or got theater tickets, something for, I'm telling you, almost every single night because for the first month, because I was so afraid to come home to this quiet home, you know, not knowing what to expect. I thought, oh, my God, you know, we're, we're going to go crazy. You know, the four, just, you know, us and the four walls. And after a few weeks, you know, we both looked at each other we're like, can we just be alone? <laughs> can we just, you know, relax a little bit? And we find we're, we're really enjoying the two of us alone again after, oh, my gosh, we've been together. Uh, we've been married 26 years, together 28. And it's nice. It's nice. You know, just, you know, we can talk and relax. And, and our conversations are no longer just about the kids which is what tends to happen a lot when they're living at home. Of course, we do talk about them a lot, but it's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, talk about, you know, maybe where we want to travel or what we want to do or, you know, just enjoying each other. And, and that's been a nice thing. Now, were you, did you know that you were going to be like that? Did you have that set in your head that you were going to be like, you know what, I'm not going to be one of those people who, like, my purpose in life is raising my children and I don't know what I'm going to do when they're gone? Or, oh. <laughs> my purpose was raising. I'm telling you, I was so, you know, so focused on them when I was raising them. Um, I mean, they were, you know, like a lot of moms. It, it felt like they were my life. And, and I loved every minute of it, you know. I mean, I, I certainly wasn't ignoring my husband and we had great friends, but it, it was raising them was a treat and a privilege. And even though sometimes, believe me, you know, I, I was pulling my hair out or, it's stressful. It it was a great time, and and you know, and in hindsight, you know, when it's over, you're like, wow. I mean, it was it was such a gift. And when they're gone, they're gone. Um, I started my blog by accident two years before my youngest left. So thank God I had that in place because I had something I could throw myself into completely once the nest was empty. Otherwise, I think I would have gone crazy. <laughs> I, you know, that's so true. And I love that you said that, that you brought that up because I think that's where so many empty nesters kind of stumble and struggle yeah. is they don't set themselves up. They don't prepare themselves for that scenario um, and give themselves something else to focus on. 
Exactly. I, yes. I, I'm very much a planner, and I tend to, you know, when, when you're talking about kind of being a, a, a stressful person or whatever, I, I tend to plan, I tend to worry and think ahead. So I think in my mind I, I had been thinking, you know, for, for years, a little, you know, once my youngest started her freshman year, gee, I, I better have something in place, you know, maybe whether it's going back to school or work or something like that, you know, I need a plan because I don't want to start figuring this out once they already leave. And I think that's such an important thing for parents to, you know, just start thinking about, you know, a little little nugget there, you know, start thinking, what do I want to do that I haven't been able to do while I was raising my kids? And, mm. you know, maybe start working towards that or do something, you know, that, that maybe you'd never done before and just, you know, take classes, explore. This, this, is, this is our time again to really enjoy that, that freedom that we had when we were younger that we probably didn't appreciate. Right. That's and so that true. we weren't ready for. I we love that ready. so much, Linda. And, you know, being a dream coach, that's, that's a big thing for me is so many times I hear parents abandon their dreams um, because they have kids and then say, well, I'm too old to go back or, you know, I, I wasted too much time or whatever. So I really love that. Um, we're going to have to go to our break, but I want everybody to know that they can check you out at carpoolgoddess.com. And Linda, yeah. thank you so much for your time today, and we will be right back after this message. Okay, terrific. Or pop up window, or close your iTunes player. Uh, oh, games. Parrot Nation, Tara Kennedy Klein needs a pee break. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mobby to Mogul radio show, empowering women to build a successful business, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At the ripe age of five, she was already interpreting information in documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she provides you with valuable steps to empower you to reach financial independence. Martha A. Sanchez is a registered nurse with a Bachelor in Nursing and Master's of Business administration. She's a business coach, speaker, author, and CEO of Moss International, LLC. Her diverse work experience brings you expertise in areas essential to customer service, social media, and budgeting. The Mommy to Mogul radio show furthers her personal mission of empowering women to help them build successful businesses so they can reach financial independence. Join Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul radio show, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome back to 
Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. That was such a fun segment. I really enjoyed Linda. She was pretty cool. Yes, fun lady. <laughs> She's she is a fun lady, and I, I do want to mention again that the name of the book that she's in, um, it's, I forget what it is, it's not your mama's parenting book, um, but it's an anthology. So she, among several other authors, moms, have contributed to that. So it's, it's super funny. I thought she had written all of them, but, oh, my gosh, they're so funny. If you get a chance to check it out, you should really check it out. Um, you know, Kelly, she got me thinking about something when she yes. started talking about diving into her blog before her kids left the nest mm-hmm. and that giving her something to do. And, you know, it got me thinking about a lot of things like we've been talking about all of the stress that we feel as parents. And we've been talking about some of the ridiculous parenting fails that we've been seeing. And um, we talk about how. Uh, a lot of the things that are going on with kids today, kids snapping and kids um, losing it and all being related back to stress. And, you know, we do so much of that to ourselves. Don't you think? We do. We do. I don't, I don't understand like, it. I don't I understand don't, it either. Why do we have to? I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Like, why do we have to put ourselves under so much pressure to be perfect and do all these things? And, you know, when you think back to when you were a kid, I think life was less stressful because we took our knocks, you know, and we we dreamed big dreams and nobody told us you can't do that. You know what I mean? Like if you danced like a ballerina in your bedroom and you wanted to be a ballerina when you grow up, your mom put you in dance classes if she could afford it. If not, you just kept dancing in your bedroom. And, you know, like it wasn't all of this pressure to be like, oh, you want to be a ballerina? Well, now we have to enroll you in three different kinds of dance classes and you have to be the number one student and we have to put on these recitals and we have to do this and we have to do that and have to buy you thousands of dollars worth of costumes. No, Uh just... I just want, okay, I I want the ballet Barbie and I want to make a freaking tutu out of a pillowcase. And can we just do that? (laughs) Can we just let parenting be that again? You know, your kid likes baseball. Can you just go out in the yard and throw a freaking ball with your kid? Do you have to enroll him in every level of spring ball and summer ball and fall ball and travel leagues and this thing and that thing? And, you know, and and you never see your child because they're constantly playing a sport, being monitored and judged by other people. And it's not even what your kid wants to do anymore because you've made it so stressful for them. And then we want to know why our kids don't play anymore. And. We are taxi services and we are advocates and we are coaches and we are 
gourmet chefs and we are all of these perfect things and we have to be in every organization and we have to be at every single practice, but yet we still have to do our jobs and take care of our homes and manage our finances. No wonder we're stressed. We do it. And in the midst of all of it, where are you really actually following your dreams for yourself? Do you even know what they are? No. Did you ever sit down, Kelly, and think about dr- your dream, your big, hairy-ass goals, your, your big dreams for yourself, like the things that if you, if time and money and support were not an obstacle, what would you be doing right now? Did you ever think about that? Um, at times, but not so much because I'm too busy doing everything else. So what is your, what would be one of your big dreams? I'd love to travel. Mm. And you couldn't, you couldn't travel with everything else that you're doing? I could, I could. It would just take a little bit more time and effort and planning. (laughs) (laughs) Or the, right. I mean, it's, it's so funny to me. I, I just, well, you know, I'm a dream coach, which was the impetus for my book, Stop Raising Einstein. And it's so funny because once I realized that I had dreams of things that, you know, if, if everything were falling into place and I were following my passions and what I'm meant to do with my life, um, you know, I would be, there's lots of things. I would be on a stage. I would be educating parents to joyfully parent their children and educating children to joyfully appreciate their unique gifts. And those would be the things that I would be doing. And once I was given the opportunity in a class after a breakdown, mind you, and, you know, a marriage that I was completely unhappy in through every fault of my own, by the way, um, I went to, I read The Secret, and then I went to these classes with Marsha Weeder, and I became a dream coach. And through learning how to take other people through this process, I realized that, oh my God, I had dreams and goals too that I wasn't allowing myself to pursue because I believed that I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't thin enough. I wasn't young enough. I wasn't good enough. All of these things that I had been telling myself, I have kids now. How dare I have dreams and goals of my own with kids? Once I realized that I have every right, in fact, I have a requirement to fulfill my purpose, life began to flow in the direction of my dreams. Hmm. I became surrounded by people who could support me. When I stopped looking at all of the negative things and started looking at all of the positive things around me, all of the good things that I was achieving and seeing and experiencing and blessed with, when I started being grateful for all of that stuff and I gave myself time every single day to just reflect on the good, I started seeing more of the good and I started seeing how it related to achieving my dreams So when we talk about parents being under so much stress that they can't control themselves, um, when we talk about kids being under so much stress that they can't control themselves, I think that control needs to have a little more effort. 
I think that, you know, I'm, I'm doing this thing right now with Chris and Janet Atwood and their new book just came out today. Ironically, ironically, isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, right. Um, so anyway, I, I started doing this, uh, it, Chris and Janet Atwood, uh, created the passion test. If you've ever heard of that. Oh, yes. And, um, yeah, and I'm doing a thing with them right now, and it's 30 days that you uh, basically focus on your passions. It's the it's a 30-day ritual challenge. And a lot of people, when they hear the term ritual, they go like, ew, you know, like satanic, whatever. Right, right. Actually, right? Actually, what it is, is it's pretty awesome. You go, you take the passion test, which helps you to determine your five passions, your five strongest passions, right? And every day you take five or 10 minutes, you um, sit with yourself and your, and your five passions, the things you want to accomplish or do in your life, achieve in your life. You give gratitude for the things that you've achieved and you've experienced the previous day or that day. And you make a commitment to take these five minutes every day, five or 10 minutes every day to just focus on the good that you've done and that you want to do and that you've experienced in the world. Five minutes to feel good. That's, that's so powerful. And yet people say, I don't have five minutes. I don't have five minutes. Do you know what? I bet you, you sit on the toilet for five minutes in the morning. (laughs) Shower's a good time. Shower's a good time. Some moms only get to shower once a week. I get it. But, you know, if you can't take five minutes to sit with yourself every day and give thanks for the good things that you have, it's no wonder you're stressed. Mm. And, you know, I found myself being more patient with my children. One of my passions is um, to be an educator for parents on joyful parenting. Mm -hmm. Okay? If I'm truly living my passion, then what do I have to be? A joyful parent. Right. You have to be what you're (laughs) going to teach. Sure. You can't be all stressed out and and then go on stage and talk about being joyful and non-stressed. You have to live what you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. And if I want to talk about, you know, teaching parenting through comedy, I can't be screaming and yelling all the time like I was at, in the first segment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing. It's not always going to be funny and it's not always going to be calm and it's not always going to be ideal. But when you focus on it and you practice it regularly, those times when you slip are going to be a lot easier to overcome and to bounce back from, you know? And here's the other thing. I know if I have five passions and my husband has five passions and you have five passions and the million, millions of people following Janet Atwood have five passions, chances are my kid probably has five passions too. And one of the most intimate things that I've ever shared with my kids that put us on a path that we could work together and respect each other was to find out what my kids' passions are. Mm. 
I have bet, those conversations. Yeah. Go ahead, I bet so many parents don't even know what their children's passions are. No, because what do we do? We spend most of our time trying to create those passions for them. For them. Wow. Maybe we should challenge. Is going to be an NFL? Let's challenge Parent Nation to talk with your children. Find out what their passions are. Just start with one. Find out what that is. Here's a good way to do it. There's a book. Oh, damn it. What's the name of it? Is it called Stop Raising Einstein? It is called Stop Raising Einstein. Oh. You know? Okay. That's one of those interactive <laughs> things, right? Where you write and talk with your children. What a concept. What a concept. Here's the thing. Um, okay, we're going to do some blatant self-promotion here because truly uh, it's my show and I'm allowed to, so screw it. <laughs> <laughs> but really, what I found, the book was based on... 12 life skills, 12 virtues, accountability, philanthropy, mutual respect, right? Things that we don't talk to our kids about enough. Right. And each week is, is in, introduces a new topic. So the first week is respectful communication. If you don't have respectful communication in your home, and then you come to me and say, I don't understand why my kid yells at me and talks back and swears. Um, it's because you haven't set up a culture of respectful communication in your home. Mm-hmm. You have to start. You go first. Mom, <laughs> right. dad, you're bigger, you're smarter. You go first. Okay? <laughs> so you set up, you start with respectful communication. And every single day, you journal with your kid. And every day is prompted. Every day has a question that you ask of yourself and your child. You answer that question for yourself to your child. Again, you go first. What's something that happened today that I would love to do over if I could? How often do we ask that question? You know, maybe if the mom who made her teenager pace back and forth with the books over his head and then laughed at him and videotaped him and then put it out for the world to see and then wondered why she struggles with her child's attitude problem. Mm. Anyway, maybe if that woman had said, what's going on? What happened in that moment that you spoke to that teacher in that way and you felt that was okay?" And then shut up and listen. I bet you that we would have a lot less stress and we would have a lot more compliance and we would have a lot more mutual respect in our households because we would get it. We would be able to hear our kids say, do you understand that the teacher spoke to me with such disrespect and you taught me not to let people disrespect me? I didn't even think when I responded to her in that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. Would that make you kind of go... Hmm. Yeah, maybe we need to look at that differently. So every single day, sit down with your kids. Here's the, get the book. I'm just going to tell you to get the book because it's going to make a difference in your life. It's going to take stress out of your life. It's going to get you and your kids on a path to fulfilling your dreams and communicating with each other. It's going to make discipline in your house easier because you're going to know what your kids are passionate about and what drives them to success. When you discipline a child, that doesn't mean that you beat them. That doesn't mean that you scream in their ear. It means that you guide them. And if you know what their passions and their dreams are, then you know how to guide them towards success. 
because really that's all we, any of us want is to be successful. Right. And that's all any of us want is to achieve our dreams. Yeah. Right, Kelly. Yes. Yes. So take five minutes for yourself in the morning and take 15 minutes with your kid in the evening and talk to yourself and talk to each other and appreciate the good that you have. Because my God, we need to start looking at more of the good (laughs) because this country is going to hell in a handbasket. If we don't start getting it together, folks, I'm telling you, and there's a lot of good out there and there's a lot of good in your kids. They were born amazing. You need to start seeing that again. So check it out. Stop Raising Einstein. It's on my Facebook page. If you have anything to say about this show, connect with us. Kelly posts some awesome stuff on Parent Nation Facebook page. We'd love to hear you react to it. And we'd love to hear you as a guest call in sometime and give us your opinion on what we're saying. Because if I'm just speaking and I'm a mouthpiece, I'm not, I'm not making changes. We have to make changes together, Parent Nation. We can do this. Until next week, everybody, keep playing. Seriously, Parent Nation, not every decision in parenting has to contain a hidden message or a life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little barometer of, is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling it the most...